3: Sports Radio. 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 Ah, number two seed right now, feeling the heat from a familiar name when it comes to Cinderella. Welcome in as we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Arizona, the two seed right now in the south the region. Is up three on Princeton. It's 53 to 50 with 5'10 left to go. And here we go again with the Princeton Tigers, Aaron Torres. Um, I, I don't know how many picked Princeton to be a Cinderella, but we know that they had, had come close in, in years past and then finally broke through against UCLA in the mid-90s and getting a win, but Here they are again trying to ruin a a different Pac-12 school's team's hopes of a national championship.
4: Well, and here also goes Arizona, which, you know, storied program. I don't think people realize this. They haven't been to a Final Four since 2001, Um, so 22 years now. It feels like it's been more recent than that with all the great players, but even before, uh, you know, those Final Four runs, they they made one in 01-97, um, I'm a little young to remember this, but they were known as a team that disappointed in the NCAA tournament. Yes, I, mean, I, I know that uh, Santa Clara with Steve Nash one year upset them, and there were some other uh, big upsets along the way as well. But um, like I said, for a storied program, I think a lot of people would be surprised to know they haven't made a Final Four since 01, uh, Have had a lot of losses in the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16 last year, but uh, you know they're they're just a program that I, I you know is synonymous with kind of college basketball. Security success but really hasn't had that tournament success in quite a bit of time
3: Sean Miller had some good teams there that run into Wisconsin a couple of times you know about eight or nine years ago um you know when Wisconsin had Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker and and those teams and, and the Badgers went to back-to-back Final Fours you're absolutely right like I I remember I remember when Arizona made it in in 88 um I remember when they made it in 94 um, because then it, it was uh, Damon Stoudamire and Khalid Reeves were the backcourt in Arizona, but you're absolutely right, and that's actually what made '97 in their title so surprising. Was not only did did three number one seeds make it to the final four. But it was that the one that wasn't the number one seed was Arizona, who you kind of just you know didn't expect a lot to happen. And not only did they make it to the final four, they ended up winning the national championship that year. So, um, so yeah, you're right. And they're that on the ropes is not the right term right now because they're leading their game against Princeton. But yeah, you're only up five in a game with now four and a half minutes to go, and that pressure starts leaking in. And sometimes I I, I do think that the the officials whistles. Sometimes go to the side of Cinderella, whether it's meant to be or not. Anything close, I think, ends up being, you know, on the side of the team that's close to playing the upset. And let's be honest, you're in an arena right now where there are Missouri fans. And I know that it's in Sacramento, Aaron, but Missouri topped Utah State earlier today. And Missouri ends up winning. So who do you think Missouri would rather face on Saturday, Arizona or Princeton? So they're all cheering for Princeton. And then you think about what's who's playing tonight. If there are any UCLA fans that are in the building, there's no way they're cheering for Arizona. I don't care about conference pride. There's absolutely no way that they're cheering for the Wildcats. So you got those fans cheering against. And next thing you know, Arizona's now kind of in a foreign environment with a lot of the fans you know at the arena that aren't dressed in red cheering against them. So a lot can build up when you are a higher seed and you you find yourself in a tight game against a, a low seed or especially one that's a 15 seed.
4: Zero doubt, and that was uh, coming out of the last commercial break. They actually showed a couple UCLA fans kind of in the arena. You know, for people who've never been to a tournament, sometimes you have to buy all the tickets together as part of a package. So, you know, UCLA fans may be in the building early because, you know, they had to be there. And so <laughs> it's just interesting. It's just interesting, you know, a two seed coming off the Pac-12 championship game. And it's interesting because – I think I, I, you know, I might have misevaluated Arizona. Was was you know, I looked at the the Pac-12 championship last week, and good for them, and blah 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 blah. But maybe beating up a UCLA, maybe beating a UCLA team that is really beat up uh, in a one possession game. Maybe that wasn't something to celebrate. Maybe that was something to be a little bit concerned sure. about. Sure. Good uh, point. But- but I was going to say, overall, they, they've they been a very strange team this year. Arizona, they've been up and down. They have some great wins. They beat Indiana on a neutral early. They won the Maui Invitational earlier in November. But they have some really weird losses as well. At Stanford, Washington State at home. Been a very up and down team all year long. And it's still going here uh, into the NCAA tournament.
3: I, I want to bring up actually something that is connected to Arizona because I, I, I think that it's I think it's important. I think that it, it plays into this. And I and I mean, I do think that Princeton is a big story that I do want to touch on on them in just a bit. But I, I know UCLA kind of ran away from the from, you know, with the Pac-12 Conference uh, championship. You know, But a- as you said, Arizona ends up beating them, you know, uh, two out of three, but the most recent one with the uh, the shorthanded uh, UCLA squad. What's also interesting is if you look at Arizona, remember the Arizona State game and they lose. And this they lose on what, a three court, you know, two thirds, you know, court shot that allows, you know, San Diego State to get the win. Like if that shot doesn't go in, this Arizona State make the NCAA tournament.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and and then then what happens with Rutgers and and Rutgers was a team that was on the outside looking in and there was even a debate. They lost a game to Ohio State earlier this year on a buzzer beater that shouldn't have counted because the refs made a bad call. So you want to talk about like regular season mattering and not mattering? You can say all you want, the college basketball all oh, it's all about the tournament. Ask Arizona State. You know, if you don't have that, you know, launch of the, you know, two-thirds court, 60-foot shot, there's a chance that Arizona State's not playing in the first four last night and isn't playing tomorrow in the first round. So, I it just, the Arizona dynamic brought that up, and I wanted to touch on it today, but you talk about regular season, heck, one shot and one outcome could have changed a lot in the uh, NCAA tournament.
4: Well, and it, it speaks to, you know, this is what's interesting about the NCAA tournament just in general, is that you know the committee has made it a priority and the perfect example of some of the teams that got at large bids like a Nevada that was uh, you know they lost in the play in game last night the first four game excuse me as you like to to remind everybody we don't call it a play in game we call it a first four game <laughs> But they were on a three-game losing streak and going into that game. And so I, I just bring it up because it really, you know, the committee is supposed to take the totality of a season into consideration and not how are you playing now, what are you doing now, all that good stuff. And so you look at a team like Arizona, they have been very inconsistent over the final six weeks of the regular season. Virginia was not great the final few weeks of the regular season. So, you know, I mean, it's always easy to say in hindsight, now that the brackets are in and everybody's made their picks and we should have known and this and that, but there is something to, you know – I know like the NBA, obviously, right, it's an 82-game regular season, but if you get hot late, I mean, you can move up and down seeds. You know, we look at – see what the Lakers are doing right now. We see what other teams are doing right now, whereas college basketball, it really is kind of weighted as far as what, what you were doing in November is just as ma- important as what you're doing in February, and it's not always reflective of how good a team is in this exact moment.
3: Arizona is up one, and Princeton has had our back-to-back trips – looks at three that didn't go down. So it's 55-54, under two and a half minutes to go as Arizona has called a timeout with 2.24 left to go in the game. Arizona only up one in that two fifteen matchup. Uh, the other game uh, we mentioned at one point that they were eight point games is gone in the other direction, where uh, Arkansas has opened it up against Illinois right now, and uh, the Razorbacks are up fifty one thirty six with a timeout in that contest, about twelve minutes to go. You know, print and Princeton's got that name. Like there are Arizona, Virginia, we're talking about disappointments, but of the Cinderella of Princeton because when you go back to to what almost happened when they upset Georgetown or almost upset Georgetown in 1989 like that was the that was the first time that we thought huh well like could we really see you know could we really see this true Cinderella of a 16 seed and 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 I don't know Aaron I don't, I don't think that you were old enough to remember that game I remember that game um because I, I was about 12 at the time but like there was like Georgetown was the deal. Like Georgetown was the, this isn't like this isn't no offense Purdue, but I'm gonna completely offend Purdue, but Georgetown wasn't like number one seed Purdue. Like Georgetown was was legit Alonzo Morning. You know, like they they were the real deal and to have Princeton do what they did and almost pull that upset. I mean truly it's in in one of the games that didn't end up having a Cinderella it's truly one of the most memorable games where a number 1 seed actually won because of how close Princeton uh you know almost won that game in that 116 matchup so Princeton if anything will always have that I actually think that their effort against Georgetown is more impressive than then when they beat UCLA as the uh, four in the 413 matchup years later in Indianapolis just because it was so unheard of that a 16 seed could you know knock off a number one yeah
4: well to go back to what we talked about earlier with you know the best upset runs as another number two seed is on the ropes here much like kentucky was last year i remember when it was like basically inconceivable that a two seed that it was even that competitive um you know i know that there had been upsets in the in the the 90s and early 2000s but it was basically you could pencil every two seed in and now you know you and i were on air a few years ago where ohio state as a two seed loses to oral roberts uh kentucky last year Arizona right now is on the ropes, so it speaks to the changing dynamics of uh, college basketball in this tournament specifically.
3: And 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 there's there's something that that I think is important. And Aaron, I I feel that like you and I have talked about this previous years. We just haven't talked about it this year. Like there's there's a reason why I think you're seeing more competitive fifteen seeds. We talked about St. Peter's earlier. It's them going to the Elite Eight that was just truly shocking that they could make a run that far and be a game away from the Final Four. When the NCAA ended up expanding the tournament from, you know, it was 64, then it went to uh, 65, and then they expanded it to 68, uh, it was so you could have these automatic qualifiers in these new conferences come in, but also then keep your number of automatic bids or excuse me of, of uh, at large bids uh, for these bigger schools. And what ended up happening though is what didn't change was that there were bad teams getting in uh, to the tournament. but now instead of you know having just 4 16 seeds, we basically have six. Right, Because you' yep. you' you're, you have 6, 16 seeds, which means realistically that two of them are probably 15 seeds in the past. And you take that and you keep moving up. So Princeton here playing as a 15 seed, probably is really more like a 14 seed maybe back in the day. And that is not unheard of, of having a 14 ending up beating a 3. But when we look at these numbers, I think that these 15 seeds are better because of the way that the tournament expanded and allowed other schools to to come in. And you thought that it was helping out the at-large teams, and it is in a way that they're getting into the tournament. But now these top teams are maybe facing better 15 and 14 seeds than they were, would in previous years.
4: Zero doubt. That's something we've definitely talked about in years past. And I mean, you even look at, at say, you know, that St. Peter's team is maybe a good example of what a 15 seed would normally look like. But I remember two years ago, Oral Roberts, you know, they they win that opening round game as a 15 seed against uh, against uh, Ohio State. Then they go to the next round. They take care of business. And then, oh, by the way, the round after that, they have Arkansas on the ropes, and Arkansas basically needs a buzzer beater. Uh, Their best player at that time was a kid named Max Avesmith. He's still with the team. Oral Roberts plays tonight against Duke. And he was a player who tested the NBA draft waters and may have been drafted that year. Um, Their second best player transferred to Texas Tech, so was clearly a Power 5 kind of player, Power 6 kind of player. I just bring it up to say I think that's a perfect example of you know, the changing landscape of that wasn't really a 15 seed. Now, you know, Princeton's a little bit of a different deal. It's an Ivy League school. They're obviously not taking a ton of transfers and all that. But I do think it it speaks to um – um more competitive you know a more competitive bottom half of the bracket when to your point two of those teams that were playing in in first four games the last two nights they would now be playing as a as a 15 seed as opposed to a 16 seed it skews the whole bracket a little bit not making excuses excuses if Arizona does lose just stating it as a fact
3: so over the final uh, 10 minutes of this game Princeton has outscored Arizona 15 to 6 And Arizona's turned the ball over six times. It was a stat just put up uh, on the broadcast that is on TNT that we can see. Uh, We can't tell you uh, what is happening spot by spot, play by play, because we do not have the uh, rights to do that. We're not able to do that. We can tell you that Princeton is up 56-55 with 50.4 seconds left to go. Arizona does have the basketball uh, inbounding underneath their own hoop with eight seconds on the shot clock. So uh, Wildcats are going to need a bucket here and uh, then maybe play some defense if they want to advance. Otherwise, you don't get a bucket. You're ending up having to get a stop and uh, and then putting fate in the hands of an offense that just has not done anything over the second part of the second half of, of this game. So we are, we are keeping our eye on that. Illinois has gotten a little closer against Arkansas, 55-46, with eight minutes to go in that contest. And we can tell you that Arizona did uh, not score. Uh, Princeton got the rebound, and now Princeton will go to the free throw line, up one, 56-55, with 21.7 seconds left. Man, we we aren't gonna go we got, we we we're gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna leave you hanging. We're gonna let you know. We're gonna let you know if Arizona hangs on or if Arizona is upset, but Princeton will go to the free throw line in this two fifteen matchup. It does allow me, Aaron, uh, the opportunity to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your motorcycle, R V, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com. So oh man. Here, here we get like this is this is getting down to the nitty-gritty neither team has any timeouts and yes. and and neither team is in the super bonus both uh, both shooting one and ones if that scenario comes down but uh, Princeton was able to make both of their free throws so it is now a 58-55 game with 20 seconds left and again there's no timeout for Arizona so you're going to have to score and at some point you would think maybe Princeton would even foul if they uh, if they needed to and uh to try to uh prevent Arizona from getting that uh open look at it's a three. Be an upset. So there is uh there is a lot on the line in Sacramento and now with 3 seconds left, Princeton is up on Arizona 58 to 55 and Princeton is going to the free throw line. Uh, across the room on the other side of the glass, uh, Jason Stewart, Survivor Pool. Did you have
2: Arizona in any of these? Well, some background. Dan Byer talked me into the Survivor Pool, so any money I lose is on him. I took uh, UCLA and Arizona to win today. I figured that
4: was just in in the can. No, yes, no problem. Thank you.
3: In both of well, them, in in well, both. on the first di- on yeah. the first day, you get two
4: teams: UCLA, yes. Arizona, and then the next one is UCLA and
3: Texas. I took oh, a okay. Couple of two all times. right. So it's but it's all up to UCLA then to keep it.
2: Great. Thank to, you. Hey Arizona. Jason Stewart.
4: Hey Jason Stewart. What was the thing that you said about guys like me? Having to put out a, a bracket and then just get mercilessly mocked for it. Yes. Yeah, yes. I had I had Arizona. I, I know nobody cares about is. my bracket, but I'm just saying I had them in the final four because I I just I didn't think Alabama was going to make a final four, uh, and they still might not. Um, but I talked myself into Arizona. So
3: you poor guys, you
4: poor college basketball experts are the only sport experts that have to show your work. Right. Nobody else does. Either, even weathermen don't have to show their work. But you, you guys have to post your work. Uh, I, mean. I was thinking about that. Nobody's ever like, wow, Ken Rosenthal, he picked the Dodgers and the Braves won. Like, that guy doesn't know anything. It's like, no, Ken Rosenthal's a baseball savant. Like, what are we even talking about here? But it is like, and I'm sure that I don't get it nearly as much as a Doug or a Jay Billis or a Jim Jackson or whomever. Uh, but it is kind of funny, right? Like, and maybe it's just because nobody watches the sport like during the regular season. But it is kind of wild how uh, we—I I feel like college hoops guys do take more heat. Uh, by the way, I do have one more thought about this. I—I I, I remember when Sean Miller was
3: at uh, Arizona. Uh oh! Uh oh! Uh oh! Breaking news from Fox Sports. Isaac Lohenkron. It is official.
5: 15 seed Princeton has just completed a 59 55 upset of two seed Arizona. It's the third straight year that a 15 seed has taken down a two seed and the 11th time in NCAA tournament history.
3: A deuce has been dropped in Sacramento. (laughs) The Wildcats fall to the Tigers. 59 to 55. Thank you very much, Isaac Lohenkron. Thank
5: you for that uh, memorable <laughs> summation. <laughs> uh, Aaron, That'll be the headline in the Princeton uh, student newspaper tomorrow, Aaron, we're going to get to
3: your Sean Miller story at some point. Don't worry. Uh, it is Gavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. It's- Fox Sports
2: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
3: It's Kinovino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Bayer. He's Aaron Torres. The only game going on right now in the tournament, Arkansas, up on Illinois, 62-53. They're at the under four TV timeout in the second half. And, of course, the big upset, Princeton just knocking off two-seed Arizona in the south region. Welcome in. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan on Fox. We shift gears to the other topic we seem to talk about all the time, and that's the NFL and Aaron Rodgers. Joining us now, covering the Packers for the Athletic. You can find him on Twitter Matt Schneidman. Find a Matt. Matt Schneidman. Matt joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey Matt, how's this uh how's how's this first, second day of the post Aaron Rodgers, not a packer, but still a packer, kind of a packer, soon to be a jet era going for you.
7: I've just been watching college basketball tonight. Yeah. I didn't know. With the
3: Packers. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. So so what are you hearing? What is the hang-up in terms of the compensation that the Packers and Jets are, are are trying to agree on that would make Aaron Rodgers, I guess, have his wish come true of being a New York Jet?
7: Yeah, I think it's just a little bit of hardball. You know, the, the cardinal sin of negotiations is saying yes to the first offer. Um, I think Brian Gutekunst is just trying to get what he deems a proper return for a guy who's won two out of the last three MVPs. Like, yes, he might only be there for one year. Yes, he had a down year last year for a number of reasons, but he knows how badly the Jets want this guy. He knows how badly the Jets need this guy. Um, And I know there's been some reporting out there that they're asking for multiple first-round picks. That's not the case. Um, Not two first-round picks. I'm not sure exactly what they're asking for, but – I think this ultimately gets done here in the near future, certainly before the draft. I know there are certain deadlines out there in terms of the Packers can split the dead money hit over two years if they trade him after June 1st. And they don't have to pay him his $58.3 million option bonus until the start of the the season. But they need the 2023 draft capital, whatever it is that they get in return. So I think this trade gets done here in the near future. And it's just uh, some good old-fashioned negotiating going on between the two GMs.
4: What um what is what is the reaction in Green Bay right now? Dan and I were talking about the the fan the, the life of a fan. It it feels like and I'm not there, I certainly don't cover the team like you, but it feels like it seems to me that the majority, and the majority isn't ninety five percent, but more than half, feel like they're ready to move on from the Aaron Rodgers era. Is that fair to say?
7: Yeah, I, I feel like I have a pretty decent uh, gauge of the the tone or tenor or mood of the Packer fan base. It seems that way. Now, I don't know if it's just uh, the vocal minority on Twitter, who the people who are complaining the most are the loudest, but the general sense that I'm getting is, is people are ready to move on. I don't know if that's because of how this has kind of drug out the past three off seasons with him making his decision, whether it's because of how he's played, whether it's because of things he said, but I think people understand in Green Bay that, listen, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years before he took over. Kind of the same timeline now, obviously, Jordan Love has sat for three years. I think there's just a realization that it's time to move on, uh, especially with how how big of a contract he has and what it would cost the Packers to, to keep him. But I do think at the same time, as time passes, and it's already even started that I've seen, at least online, that. There's still a great appreciation for what he did for the franchise, and I think both those feelings can can coexist. Realizing that it's time to move on, and also realizing how valuable he's been to this team for the last 15 years.
3: Matt Schneiman joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer, sitting in for Cavino and Rich. You know, Rogers in the in the appearance with Pat McAfee made it sound that the the Packers changed their mind. What did you know about how the Packers approached this offseason? Because he's, and i paraphrase what Rogers said, but when he went into the darkness, he felt he was being told one thing. When he came out of it, he was being told another. What do you know about the Packers' stance during that whole time?
1: Well,
7: what Aaron said was, you know, from the beginning of the offseason, when he spent a week in Green Bay after the season ended, he was told that, it's essentially whatever you want to do. And that was his sense. And and I'm going off his word. And basically uh, the Packers didn't take the firm stance that they have pretty much the last couple off seasons of we want you back. And Brian Gutekunst certainly didn't take that stance publicly either. And he and he had, you know, for example, in 2021, when Rodgers wanted out, um, Brian Gutekunst came out publicly and said, we're not trading him. He didn't do that this off season. It, it felt like it was more of a, we're fine with whatever you want to do. If you want to come back, we'll take you back. If you want to be traded, that's fine. If you want to retire, that's fine, too. Um, so Rod- Rodgers' messaging was kind of mixed when he talked with Pat and AJ yesterday as well. You know, he said, when I was in Green Bay after the season, they told me they wanted me to retire Packer. They wanted me back. But I also felt when I left Green Bay that it was the end of my time as the quarterback. So I don't really know exactly what what his real sense was or what actually happened, but I think just ultimately the Packers, as the offseason went on, felt, you know what, maybe it is time to move on. I don't know if there was a singular instance that happened or whatever it was. That, that's going to be part of what I try to figure out here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but regardless of what it was, the, the Packers have turned the page. The guy who's won two out of the last three MVPs will now be the quarterback for a different team.
4: What do we know about Jordan Love at this point? I mean, what what is your intel on what he is capable of as a full-time starter for the
7: Packers? Well, this is a cop-out answer, but it's the true one, and it's it's what the organization has given to. You don't really know what he's capable of as a full-time starter until you see it. And I asked Aaron Rodgers uh, in his press conference after the last game of the season when they lost to the Lions, you know, can Jordan be the next quarterback of this franchise if he needs to be? Um, or if he's ready to be in 2023. And Aaron said, you know, you don't really know if you're ready until you're thrust in there. Roger said he remembers being in San Diego, waking up from a nap to 50 text messages back in the offseason of 2008. Uh, all those text messages saying, you're the guy now. Brett Favre retired. Kind of hit them all at once. But you don't really know uh, if you're the guy once you're thrown in there for consistently meaningful snaps. We've seen Jordan Love sparsely in game action. They know everything about him in the classroom, in practice, but you don't really know what you have until he's thrown into the fire for weeks on end, not just spot snaps here and there. And I know they like him. They really do not just publicly, but privately as well. So we'll see if that is uh, just blowing smoke or if, it, or if it really translates to to product on the field.
3: Matt Schneidman joining us here on Fox sports radio, covering the Packers for the athletic. And the last one for me, I, I know there's still a draft to go, and we are, you know, in the first week of free agency, just a couple of days in. But how important is it uh, for them? I know it's important, but how do their fortunes change if their defense is any better next season?
7: It would certainly help. I mean, this was a defense that was supposed to be top five in the league last year. They certainly have the names, um, you know, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander. Eric Stokes was coming off a good season. Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas, and then everyone seemed to t- – well, most people – seemed to take a step back on that defense. Now, the big key for this defense is going to be, is Rashawn Gary healthy? He is a top three pass rusher in the NFL, arguably, probably right behind Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. His pressure percentage was higher than both those guys last year. He tore his ACL in week nine. Um the Packers from weeks one to nine ranked second in the NFL in percentage of pass rush snaps where they pressured the quarterback from 10 to 18 after Gary Torres ACL, they ranked 28th. He is their pass rush. Yeah. So however healthy he returns, I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one, uh, but he is the key to that entire defense. So we'll see how he comes back, but they certainly have the names to, to make a turnaround. But as we saw last year on paper only means so much.
3: Matt Schneidman, cover the Packers for The Athletic. Get him on Twitter at Matt Schneidman, and we'll let you go back to watching some hoops. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it.
7: Guys, appreciate it.
3: The Tigers are going to make it to the Sweet 16. Whoa! There it is. That is your prediction. If there isn't a dad joke like that, I don't know if you can find a better one. The Tigers <laughs> in the Sweet 16. Princeton.
5: Tigers in the Sweet
3: 16? Yes. Dad joke? I don't get
4: it. Princeton. Yeah. Because they're both the Tigers. Yes, there There it is. There it is. Got it. If only the winner was going to play Auburn. (laughs) Keep it going.
5: We had another uh, bracket buster, not to the uh, extent of Princeton, Arizona, but another bracket buster nonetheless earlier. 13-seed Furman upsetting 4-seed Virginia 68-67 on J.P. Peguesa's game-winning three-pointer with 2.2 to play. 1-seed Kansas over 16-seed Howard 96-68. 1-seed Alabama over 16-seed Texas A&M Corpus Christi 96-75. 5-seed San Diego State prevailing over 12-seed Charleston 63 7-seed Missouri advanced past 10-seed Utah State seventy-six, sixty-five, And 8-seed Maryland holding off 9-seed West Virginia sixty-seven, sixty-five. NFL Media reports the Indianapolis Colts signing quarterback Gardner Minshew. Mm. You know, I just learned that Discover Credit Cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earned doubled the cash back from trips, restaurants, all different. Doubled. seriously though see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match fellas back to you
3: thank you very much Isaac and uh, the status now a buck 13 left to go in the game in Des Moines it is Arkansas 66 Illinois 57 so a nine-point lead for the hogs and that is the final final matchup of this opening window in the NCAA tournament, and then the other games will be starting just after the the top of the hour. Let me ask you a random
4: question. Do you, and I know you're a dad now, so it's a little bit different, but doing this job, do you miss a little bit of, like, I see all the reaction videos from the sports books and the sports bars. Do you miss not being able to just, like, go out with some friends and just watch games all day because part of me does but part of me just loves being able to do this show with you when all this craziness is going on i,
3: I will say this like i was i wasn't like you know when i was in high school we would go to first and second round games right, that was yeah. that was our spring break and so that's why i think i love this the cool thing is is I'm I'm hanging out with you guys. I'm hanging out with John Ramos, hanging out with Jason Stewart and Isaac and and you as we watch these games. So it's really not that much different. It's just that we have to be like, oh, okay, now we got to get on the air we can't. You know, maybe we're not reacting to every single uh, up and down, even though there have been a ton in this game. Like, you know, we had Matt Schneidman on and. In Illinois, and I'm not listen. Any any kid that can play college hoops, uh, hats off to him. But they they had a guy go to the free throw line that shot 22.2 percent from the line. Wow how do you how do you get to that number? You know, like if you're if you're two of ten, like you're at 20 percent and you're not playing anymore because you can't make a free throw. But to have to get to like shoot so many free throws. But miss so many that you were at twenty-two point two, truly amazing. But like it's that sort of stuff that I that I love to see and just uh, to see how like Arkansas is having a tough time in dealing with Illinois' press, even though Illinois is you know down seven right now. I you know it's just a matter of you and I are talking and and our, our great listeners are joining in, so it's not too much different except for the uh, radio show that we're doing.
4: That's fair, and I I will say like to to the point you just made about you know the weird quirks of the tournament twenty two percent I respect a guy like Rick Hamill that watches the NBA you know coming on and saying how much he enjoys this because you know sometimes you get the NBA snobs talk about how you know how bad the play is blah 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 this and that and it's like you know it's a they're young guys they're not professionals it's a one and done setting you lose you go home and I think that's what makes the tournament so special I know it stinks to be an Arizona fan right now stinks to be a Virginia fan. But uh, this tournament is so much fun. And, yeah, I tend to agree with you is I wouldn't trade what we get to do for anything, uh, but it is it is kind of, uh, you know, it, it is just fun to see the reaction stuff on social media of the 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 highs that this tournament creates, but also the lows as well.
3: He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Cavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, we look back at the games that took place and look ahead at the ones that come up tonight and one that you really, really need to know about. It's all next on CNR here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness
6: the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
3: Owoma steadies. He shoots the second free throw. Back to the rim no good. Pella Larson the rebound. The horn is going to sound. The Princeton Magic is alive and well. The Princeton Tigers upset Arizona. 15 over a 2. 59-55 is the final score. The Tigers will advance to the second round. That was the Progressive Play of the Day. Progressive is making things even easier. They will help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. It is Cavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio, that highlight courtesy of Westwood One, Arkansas, on their way to the second round where they will face Kansas on Saturday with a victory over Illinois. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byers sitting in for Cavino and Rich. So the first eight games of the day, now in the books, I know I know our headlines, Aaron, and and you can take this wherever you want to go, whether it be Virginia or whether it be Arizona. I'm just going to say this. I am so glad this day has played out the way that it has, because it is what we expect. We don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know. You know, we didn't think a 15 seed would beat a two. Uh, maybe we thought Furman would beat Virginia. I know that was an upset pick that that some people had. But I am just so glad that it had all the elements of March Madness today. Like, it, no matter where it came from, whether it was ruining a, a bracket of mine or it—it it, it didn't matter. It just felt like these first eight games that we had had all the emotions that we have come to love with March Madness.
4: Yeah, there's times, and and I think I've been on with you when this has happened, where you kind of come out of a session or come out of day one, and you sit there and say everything kind of went the way that we expected. And, and you know, I think for the the, the the health of the long-term tournament, it's probably for the best that a lot of these teams win. But this one had a little bit of everything. You know, you had the upsets. You had the teams barely surviving the San Diego States, et cetera. You had Alabama looking very much like the number one overall seed should look. Um, by the way, West Virginia, I think, was up one point like 18 to 4, and they yeah. ended up losing the opening game. So it's like that West Virginia Maryland game feels like it was six days ago, and it was, you know, finished two and a half hours ago. So fun first session. And, uh, man, we, you know, obviously uh, the odd couple and Mike and Jason get to do it for another two sessions and then we get to do it again tomorrow
3: yeah I, I looking forward to tonight's games looking forward to tomorrow's games auburn and iowa just tipping off in their 8-9 game as they play in in birmingham tonight and the winner of that game will face the winner of uh the uh houston uh matchup coming up uh a little bit later on get aaron on twitter at aaron underscore torres you can find me on twitter at dan Byer on fox so which upset lasts longer the one on on, on Virginia's resume uh, that we continue to talk about or the one on Arizona's?
4: Well, Virginia, we've talked about a lot. I'll just say with Arizona, um, it's interesting. The point I was going to bring up earlier about Sean Miller right as the game went final. So Sean Miller was the previous head coach at Arizona, and he kind of got knocked because he quote unquote never made a final four. And He did make three Elite 8s, and he did make two Sweet 16s. And so the guy that took over for him, Tommy Lloyd, inherited a really good situation. They got a number 1 seed last year, Pac-12 regular season tournament champions. They lose in the Sweet 16. Now this year to lose in the opening round... I think, you know, to say the honeymoon's over is an exaggeration. Nobody's saying he's on the hot seat or anything like that. But I I think people are going to say, okay, you inherited a really good situation. Let's see if you really are the guy to take this program, either keep it at an elite level or take it to the next level. um, Because, you know, again, he inherited a very nice situation from Sean Miller. And obviously going into year three, it'll officially be his program.
3: I, I, You know, I'm curious to see on on what the uh – the Pac-12 has left. You know, you've right. got a UCLA a team that's dinged up. You know, Arizona State did the uh, you know did the league proud um, last night, but now you got to end up you know trying to move on and beat a TCU team. USC goes up against Michigan State. Um, you know, there there's a scenario where you know we can you know if UCLA ends up holding their seed, which is we just saw, not a guarantee in the two fifteen, but. You know the Pac-12 may be hurting uh, entering the second round, and in this this Arizona loss is is very damaging. I just go back to the Virginia stuff of, you know, we talked about. I mean, this is just a it's a common theme, and it it, it and it's the style. You know, like it's one thing when you play that style and you're going up against the number one seed team that you know averages eighty five points a game, and you can slow them down. It's different when you're the Supposed to be the better team, and yep. and you know, in that way, it kind of works in a negative fashion, where you're kind of playing closer, lower-scoring games, and in the end, Virginia just couldn't get it done. Uh, some bad mistakes. They hit some free throws, and you don't throw it away like Kia Clark did, and you still you get a victory. But maybe it shouldn't have been that close in the first place.
4: No, it shouldn't have been. Um, what a what a great day! To your point, we got a little bit of everything, and oh, by the way, it's starting games starting up again here now soon.
3: Yes, yeah, Auburn and Iowa just getting underway should be a great, uh, great bit of action tonight. Colgate in Texas, who knows that could be another two fifteen surprise. So for Aaron Torres, I am Dan Byer. We're back tomorrow for Camino and Rich. We'll talk to you then. Enjoy the tournament tour tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on Fox Sports Radio.